like for us to stand as we read God's Word. I'm going to bring us a message. Uh, uh, I was told not to be too long, so I promise I won't be too long. But, uh, Brother Rich, I'm going to try to get a four-point sermon done pretty quick, okay? Uh, but uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God to, a th- to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and blessed and, or, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So the name of Jesus... Every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these these young ones that are before us. Lord, I pray that their lives would, uh, Lord, uh, would, they would follow after you with all of their lives. God, I pray you would be with them as, as they seek after you. And Lord, I pray you'd be with this church as we, uh, Lord, help guide them towards you. God, I pray you'd be with the reading of your word uh, today. Lord, we know that your scripture tells us the, your word won't re- return void. Lord, I pray you'd just be with us, be with your people. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. For those of us who accepted Christ as our Savior, Christmas should be a time, a reminder uh, that maybe we should change our attitude. Uh, At our household, we talk about uh, you need to change your attitude uh, quite often. And and you parents are in the room, you can probably relate to that, that we have to tell our children uh, you have an attitude and you need to change it. Uh, or maybe you're one of those parents, you have like an attitude adjuster, uh, if you know what I mean, and, and you use the attitude adjuster. Uh, but I found myself over the, over the, uh, the past couple months uh, even reflecting on my own self and seeing my own attitude that I have and even when I'm talking to my, to my kids and, and saying, hey, you need to change your attitude. Uh, but Christmas should remind us uh, of Christ. We should, we should have our hearts set on Christ all year round uh, for sure. But Christmas is a reminder of the Messiah, how the Messiah was born from a virgin, came to this world and took on flesh, just as you and I are in flesh, as we're reading in the scripture here in just a moment. Uh, It took on flesh, and we should have this attitude about us that reflects Christ. Uh, Not an attitude of this world, not an attitude uh, of the things of this world, or maybe our feelings, but an attitude of Christ. And Paul here in Philippians uh, addresses some attitudes Uh, to have. Uh, The title of of this message is Like Christ or to be like Christ is there uh, in this scripture. Paul says, have this attitude in yourselves which also was in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and if I were to sum up chapter 1, I don't have time to to read through all of chapter 1, but if I were to sum up what Paul wrote in chapter 1, he said in verse 27, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come and see uh, you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy 
of the gospel of Christ. My, my, how if we lived by that our whole lives, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul tells them, he's telling them, live out the gospel. Live out the gospel in your individual life. Live it out and do it together. He's writing to the, to the church and he says, do it together. Live out the gospel in union together. It's my prayer that our lives would reflect what has been done in our hearts. That what is outside matches what is inside. That, that, that Christ is flowing out of us so that people see it. That we are living out this gospel that we've been entrusted to with. Someone once said, you are writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the deeds that you do and the words that you say. Men read what you write, whether faithful or true. Just what is the gospel according to you? You are writing a story each day. If you're a born-again believer, you are writing a story each day. And you have a, a, a choice to make to whether uh, represent Christ or to not. To, to look like Christ, to take on Christ, or to not, it, it's, a, it's a very black and white thing. You are writing a story. And so Paul's writing to these uh, Philippians in verse 27. He says, only conduct yourselves. Let the way that you act be worthy of the gospel. Worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so Paul starts off with this list of attitudes he says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, you should have the same attitude of Christ. If you are a blood-bought, born-again believer, then this should be your attitude. Uh, you should have the fruits of the Spirit, but this should be your attitude. Uh, in verses 5 and 6, we see the unselfishness of Christ. In verse 6, it says, who, although he existed in the form of God did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. We know that Christ was fully God, and we know that He was fully man. He was the God-man. And even Christ Himself said, I and the Father are one. He, he was open about it. He said, I and the Father are one. And He said, uh, but He did not consider His oneness with God, uh, with the Father, uh, as something that would stop Him from laying down His life for His people. He did not consider it a thing to be grasped, grasped, is what the scripture says, a thing to hold on to. He did not consider his oneness with the Father, his deity, as something to be grasped. When Jesus came into this world as a baby, he was fully God, he was fully man. The deity of Jesus was full at his birth. We see in John 10. For this reason the Father loves me, and this is Jesus speaking, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down. Jesus is saying, I have the authority to lay my life down. He says also, and I have the authority to take it up again. It is within his authority. And so we know that, that God, uh, Christ is fully God. And he's unselfish, even being fully God. We know that there's no, uh, no selfishness in God. That he's unselfish when it comes to his character, when it comes to his attitude. The most unselfish act that, that mankind has ever known. 
and that ever will know is Jesus Christ coming to this earth. God sending his only son to be born in the likeness of flesh, to be born amongst a perverse generation. God sent his son. It would be hard for me to, to, to give up my children because I love my kids. And much for the same, same for all of you. But God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. A verse that you kids just said a while ago. Christ placed you and I before himself. And we can also place each other before our own selves. If you want to say, say I want to be more like Christ, we'll put somebody else first. I want to uh, make Christ my all, and I want, to, I want to be as close as I can to Christ. Put somebody else first. Lift somebody else up before you lift yourself up. Christ put us first. He put the world first. He put people who wouldn't even accept him first because he loved them. Have this attitude of unselfishness. Then secondly, we see the servitude of Christ in verse 7. It says, But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. All throughout the New Testament, we see instances where Jesus is serving other people. We see instances where Jesus is, is helping other people. Here is the God, man, the, the full embodiment of God, and he is... Gigi, don't let me step on your hands, okay? Okay. And he is taking on this form of servitude. We see it when he washed the disciples' feet. They said, no, not my feet. And he said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have anything to do with me. And he washed their feet. Jesus came to serve. If you want to uh, know what it's like to, to look like Christ, to, to be like Christ, serve somebody. Take up that attitude of servitude. What can I do today for somebody else? Not what can I do for me. We live in a me, me, me society. We live in a me, me, me world. You can turn on the news and all you see is me. You can turn on uh, politics and guess what? All you see is, sorry, Brian, I wasn't trying to point at you over there. Uh, and all you see is me, me, me. But we can look at our world and we see me. But Christ came and he served. One of the most humble guys, that, or the most humble guy that ever walked the planet earth. Served other people. He washed feet. He got close to the, the ones that nobody else would get close to. He invited people in that were the uninvitable. He broke bread with people that they would scorn at him for it. Jesus served others. The ultimate servant's heart. You know, we, we've heard that term uh, a lot I have growing up, they have a servant's heart. And when I hear that term, usually it's the most godliest people I know. People who are walking with the Lord, they have a servant's heart. They would give you anything you needed or they would give you the shirt off of their back. A servant's heart. This was Christ. He poured himself out and made himself nothing. Is what the scripture says. And in the same likeness as you and I, so that we could have everlasting life. That servitude, an attitude that we should have. Third, we see the sacrifices of Christ in verse 8. 
says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. And so Christ, being found in the appearance as a man, he was just as you and I. He was just as you and I. Willingly laid himself down for the sins of the world. It was his body that was beaten. It was his side that was pierced. It was his head that was uh, placed a crown of thorns on. And ultimately it was his life that was knelt to the cross. And it was his life that was given up on Calvary. It was his sacrifice. He was laying himself down. He gave up his life knowing fully what it would cost. In the garden he prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not not as I will, but as you will. Christ completely gave himself up. And we should too have this attitude. I want to be more like Christ. Give yourself up. And that's an easier thing said than done. Because pride gets in the way. We're born in this flesh and we have that thing called pride and we have that thing called sin. And it can be hard, a struggle for us to give ourselves up. But we should have this attitude as Christ had this attitude to give ourselves up. And then lastly, we see that Christ glorified God. In verses 9 through 11. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And get this part. To the glory of God the Father. I think a lot of times we look at that scripture and we, we, we maybe skip over that last part. To the glory of God the Father. We know that it is Christ's name that we must call upon to be saved. We know that it is Christ's name that is lifted high above every other name. Uh, it is Jesus, Jesus the Messiah. But Jesus points straight to his Father. He said it is to, the, uh, to God who gets the glory. Everything that Jesus did brings glory to his Father. When Jesus was walking this earth, it was to bring glory to the Father. It wasn't for his own interest. It wasn't to make himself king. It wasn't to make himself uh, more of, of what he was. It was to point to his Father. In John 17, we see the high priestly prayer. Jesus said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. Even as you gave Him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given Him, He may uh, give eternal life. This is the eternal life, that they may know you, speaking of God the Father, the, one, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Christ knew the end result of his sacrifice. Christ knew uh, what was going to happen after he died on that cross. You best believe he knew it. He knew it. He knew that God would receive the glory also. He knew that his Father in heaven would receive the glory. So he willingly went to the cross. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men 
in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So they may see your good works. Let your light shine. And so we have these attitudes that we can follow, these attitudes that we can, that we can apply to our lives, that we can take uh, this Christmas season and we can remember. How can I be unselfish? Kids, y'all listening? Okay. How can I be unselfish this year, this Christmas? How can I serve somebody else? How can I make a sacrifice for someone else? What do I have to give up? And then how can I bring God glory? And kids, you can do all those things. Every single one of them. You can bring God glory. You can sacrifice. You can put other people first. You can show people the love of Jesus. Do you all know that? I hope so. If you're here tonight and you've never made a decision to follow after Jesus, I would love to have a conversation with you after service. Brother Rich, Rich would love to have a conversation with you after service about the gospel and how the gospel is, is Jesus Christ came into this world and he gave himself up on a cross and that whoever would say yes to him for salvation would have eternal life. It's a promise of God. And I tell you one thing about God's word. You you can put, take it to the bank and cash it in because it's going to be true. It is true. And so at this time, we're going to pray.